Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. 12.06, and Laura Rutledge is already up on the stage there with David Basil. So they are starting a little bit earlier than we were expecting. So we'll head inside and catch that, and then we'll get to our entertainment birthdays a little bit later as we welcome back in here. Thanks again to Arkansas Urology. That there is, and... I've already said that it hadn't even happened yet. I mean, I guess we're in it now, but I, if it's if I'm wrong, I'm not taking it back. So Thank so you. far, Thank you, you guys have by far exceeded all the touchdown clubs Very I've nice. ever done. Very nice. Amazing. Well, the the thing we need to remember is that just like with Kirk Herbstreit last year, and Paul, uh, you right now to get you right now is extremely fortunate because you're actually missing NFL Live today. <laughs> Yeah. You're, you're playing hooky today. It's supposed to be your first day back. You know, I just re- I was just retweeting um, my friend Sierra Clark back there. She tweeted that I was here, and I, I retweeted it, and then I thought, ooh, I'm like the kid who's playing hooky from school who's going to get in trouble for, like, you know, taking a picture of where I'm playing hooky. Um, but true story, I, I'm coming back officially from maternity leave tomorrow to ESPN, and they had asked me, you know, when did I – when did I think I was coming back? And I had identified this week, but I said, I'm going to have to come back on a Tuesday because David had already uh, arranged this and I was not missing this for anything. So uh, to my ESPN bosses, sorry guys, I'm in Little Rock today and I'll see you tomorrow. Well, let's take a look and see why, what she's been busy with uh, the last few few weeks. Look at there. Now that's the baby Jack. Jack. Man, that's baby Jack. So is, yeah. is there not a cuter picture? Uh, oh anywhere of a baby. So let me just show, you know you've arrived when you have to put people in slews of photos ah! on the picture. There's another one. There's your, there's hey, your, hey, let no, me tell no, go, go back real quick to that. Uh, go back to the Wait, picture. go to this one. Yeah. Okay, so you notice how Reese is sitting in front of me? It's because we had done all these photos and, you know, it was like everybody's sweating and we just needed to be done. But the photographer said, well, let's just go outside, you know, to get a different look. I'm like, uh, I think I'm done with it, but whatever. So I had that, put that gray T-shirt on because I was really just wanted to get comfortable. And all of a sudden we're taking the pictures and she goes, well, what's all over your shirt? And I looked down and he, Jack had peed all over my shirt. Now, let me quickly explain why that was happening to me all the time. So that, so anyway, that's why Reese is in front of me there. But yes. you'll love this story. So... We realized, like, in the first week of Jack being in, in our lives that he was peeing out of his diapers all the time. And I'm like, what is going on here? And I said, you know, Josh, I don't know what I'm doing wrong, but it seems like anytime he's peeing out of the diaper, it's because I put the diaper on. Well, I had not ever put a diaper on a boy, and I didn't know that things were supposed to be down instead of up. So this poor kid is like, yeah, of course I'm going to pee out of my diaper because you're not putting things where they're supposed to be. So we had to have a conversation about that, and Josh had to educate me. Uh, these are things that, you know, I didn't know I needed to know, and that was another example of um, the upwards uh, getting me. Well, you learned, you're a quick learner. Let's go back to that picture real quick, too, if you can, Matt. So, obviously, Josh Rutledge, for those that know, was a star a baseball player at Alabama. Yes. Ended up playing with the Rockies and the Red Sox. And, and yep. Is that right? Yes. A little bit a, of time with the Angels right. and with the um, Giants, too. Yes. Yep. Um, but, uh, and, but, of course, Reese there. Reese has become a superstar. Let's go to the next picture. I know this is one of your favorites, and I thought it was, too. She is so cute. I know that you posted this, and this is one of your favorites. And so... Give me the timeline when you had baby Jack. What's, what, what timeline are we dealing with here? Yeah, so um, Jack was born May 25th, and um, it, he, it was funny because 
he, he was due on the 24th, but he was a day late. I ended up just getting induced because I was like, I got to get this guy out of here. I'm, I'm tired of being pregnant. So thank goodness there's modern medicine that will allow that to happen at 40 weeks in one day. Um, but Reese has been wonderful. I mean, it, she at times has wondered like why she doesn't get all the attention anymore, but she's been really gracious about it. And our biggest problem with her is that she has like cuteness aggression toward Jack. So she's like, I want to eat him alive. You know, and we're like, you can't do that. I, we want to do it too, but we can't do that. So trying to explain that has been a little bit difficult, but um, no, she's wonderful. And her uh, football picks are coming back this year, but she will have baby Jack featured in the picks. So stay tuned for what all that's going to look like. Um, once again, Reese makes her return and she loves the hogs. I told her, you know, where I was going. Um, and I actually FaceTimed her earlier this morning and she was, she was doing some go hogs and I wish I could have been able to record it because I told her and she said, Oh mama, you're at go hogs. She doesn't call it Arkansas. She calls it go hogs. So, well, for, uh, if you have not seen that, so Sully had a quick clip, but we have the original clip. This was I guess two seasons ago when Arkansas was playing Cincinnati. And, and so she has two helmets there, Cincinnati, Arkansas. So listen to what she says. Then there's an abrupt stop in the filming, and it picks back up. But uh, this thing was a huge hit on social media. It's a great idea. She was super cute. Let's take a look. How about that? Is that not great? What a doll she is. Yeah, you know, sometimes we all do our best thinking on the toilet. So she, I think, probably was leaning hogs. She went in there and thought about it and came back out and made the right pick. So she also picked Arkansas to beat Texas um, yeah. that year, too. Or was it that? Yeah, it was yeah. that year. Yep. Yeah, outstanding. And of course, that's why the fact that, that uh, Laura is here uh, raising a newborn and having Reese, and you've got the NFL Live, which is a daily show. And the SEC Network. Remember now, so so she's doing NFL Live every day. Uh, she's also doing SEC Network where you go on the road to different locations. And you're also, I saw it was announced, that you're doing some NFL games during the week. Five games, right? Is that right? Yeah, we have five uh, doubleheader Monday night football games. So I'll do those as well. One of them is in London. So we did that last year and get to go back and do that again this year, which um, I am partial to the South. I'm partial to the SEC and to college football. But there is something really special about an, an international game at Wembley Stadium where I was shocked at how much those fans cared not only about NFL teams, but also a lot of them were asking me about college football. So um, pretty neat to see the international love for a game that we obviously love so much. Now, I know Josh is in private business and several things, and uh, uh, he's retired from baseball. But your schedule is, is crazy, and you have two kids. So how does that work with everybody in the household? 
I don't know. We're like my brain is scrambled eggs at all times. Um, I it is going to be interesting this fall adding another kid into the mix. But um, it's funny because there have been so many people who said, "Well, you can't do that." You know, there's no way that you can be the mom of two young kids and and continue this career. And I think the more people say I can't, the more I'm like, "Well, let me show you that I can." And I, I may be at times dying on the vine, but it's possible, right? And and I would just shout out. I know there are a lot of great fathers and husbands in this room, and however your situation looks when it comes to caring for kids, whether you, you know, you're the biological parent or not, I just think parenting in this world is so important, and raising our children, however, works best for us. Um, but the men who support their wives who have jobs, the women who are at home, and their full-time job is being a mom, which might be the hardest full-time job that there absolutely is, I just commend you all for that because it's hard, but also such a rewarding thing to do. All right, great story. Thank you. That's exactly well said. Um, now, for those who don't know, your story is really amazing. Uh, you were born in Atlanta, Georgia. Your mom uh, went to Clemson. Your dad went to Georgia Tech. Uh, both super sharp folks. Uh, you moved from Atlanta to Blue Mountain Beach, which I don't know if you guys know where that's at. That's down my neck of the woods on Seaside, 30A, where Mike Huckabee lived for a while. I don't think I've, I've ever met anybody who actually lived on Blue Mountain, you went to, in the Seaside School District, right? Yeah, Dirt Road we lived on, was, Gulf yeah, Point Road. Nothing and, there uh, to what it is now. Now it's a lot different. But I went to middle school at Seaside Neighborhood School and um, played in the middle school jazz band. So anyway. So you start learning, you start finding out different things. Do you want to be a meteorologist? Do you want to play instruments, the violin, the piano, the dulcimer? Appalachian lap guitar, anybody? Know what the dulcimer no. is? I had to Google it, and I'm sorry. I'm to be honest here. So you go from there to Celebration, Florida, which do you know? You guys know where that is? That's Disney Disney World's sort of private place. Again, never met anybody who ever lived in Celebration. So you go down there. Weird place. <laughs> you're going down there, going to school, and uh, dancing becomes a very important important part of your life. Not sports. Yeah, I, I was very serious about ballet at that point. I, I actually got connected with a teacher who was from Shanghai, and she was like, you know, I think you got something here. You could do this. And I love being on stage. I love performing. And I love ballet and, and dance in general. So I got really involved in it. And um, that ended up being a real launching pad for me because even though music and dance had been a part of my life, it hadn't really been the main focus. And I realized when I was there in celebration that I wanted to really pursue it. But it was funny because they said, well, if you want to be a professional, you, you have like the artistry and the performance, but you don't have the technique that you need. So she figured out a really quick way to make sure that I would get that technique, which um, was sort of a crash course in ballet technique. So you, again, no sports. The only sports nope. you played one time, you were on your brother's co-ed soccer team, and he said, never do it again. I scored a, t a goal for the wrong team. Yeah. I was running, and I thought, my God, I have all the space in front of me. Like, there's the goal. No one's guarding it. This is amazing. This is my big moment. I can hear, like, the crowd cheering. It wasn't, but I thought it was. And I scored the goal, and my brother Dave was like, uh, that was for the other team. So you just gave them a point. It ended up being the deciding factor in the game, and that was that for me. The other thing I did do was at middle school recently, I was playing um, baseball or some sort of that and something like that and I was supposed to be the third baseman but when the other team hit a home run I ran home because I got so excited I was like Ooh. oh oh and then I was like well wait I was supposed to be uh, on third base so anyway that was how I was when it came to sports as a child yeah nothing nothing on the sports radar through high school no. I mean I don't know if you caught that you spent a year in China yeah. learning ballet 
Yeah, and um, yeah, you're in Shanghai, and then from there came back to the U.S. and went to a Russian ballet boarding school in Washington D.C. So, sort of had the two uh, most severe technical cultures when it comes to ballet, which which made me really good, but I still wasn't like quite good enough to probably be at the level that I wanted to be professionally. So I had to. Switch. So at that point, though, you're trying to figure out: Do you go do ballet full time? That's what's going to be your career path, or do you go to the University of Florida? Uh, and not sure what you wanted to do. And talk about that process because it was sort of you had to make the call: Do I do I become a professional ballet dancer? Do I make the move, or do I go to college? Yeah. So the、um, summer after my senior year of high school, I was dancing with the Nashville Ballet. It was a smaller company.、Um, I probably could have been a core dancer, which is like a background dancer. And all of a sudden, it clicked. I was like, you know, I don't know if me being a background dancer for the rest of my life is really what I want to do. And my parents were like, Hallelujah! <laughs> they had been wonderful about the process, but I think they were very relieved. And I had in-state academic scholarship to Florida and Florida State, so I essentially flipped a coin. Chose Florida and ended up there. One of the best sports times in all of Florida history from 2007 to 2011. So I lucked out certainly in in being able to cover those teams. Then,、um, if any of you have seen、uh, Swamp Kings, talk to me about it later because、um, a lot of that's true. They left a lot out too. I was there during that time. So you make the decision to go to Florida. I do want to show this real quick,、uh, Matt. If you'll show actually picture number six. So this is this is obviously this is a little bit later. So.、Ah. So this is Laura right there. What? How old were you at this point? Well, the one on the、um, so yeah to to y'all's left. That was on the Miss America stage. So I was 24 there, and well, I guess I was 24 on the other one too, because that was the night that I won Miss Florida on the other on the other stage. But、um, that was my last ballet performance, the one on the Miss America stage, because I thought it's well, not going to get. The、yes. one on the left, yeah,、okay. it's not going to get better than that. I thought I better just go out. I didn't, I didn't mess up in rehearsal.、Uh, my tambourine shattered to pieces, and so I thought I was, you know, probably screwed. And then that one went okay. So I said, I'm just hanging up the point shoes, and that's it. Well, last piece on ballerina before we jump into sports. So I saw this video, and I, I looked at it the first time. I didn't catch it, but did you hear what she said she had in her hand? She's doing ballet and she's got a, a tambourine on him. La Esmeralda. I, I want you to watch this video and what she's doing. She's doing ballet and she is hitting the tambourine with her foot as she dances. Please show that, Matt. Boom. Boom, boom! I'm like, oh my gosh, she is playing tambourine with her foot at、uh, five feet there. <laughs> How about that? So you say what you want to about being an athlete. That's pretty impressive. No, that's hard to do.、Um, it, you notice there was one time I almost fell. Uh, which this is probably a microcosm of like who I am as a person. You're, you're showing this, and you're being so nice about it. And I'm like, ooh, that was the time I almost fell. And then I was getting tired there, and it wasn't very good. I, I'm trying to be kinder to myself. But anyway, thank you for sharing my ballet performance.、It's、well,、nice、so so this is that was a little bit later. But in, you go to Florida, you walk into the the radio station, and you apply for this. You want to apply for just anything. Somebody said you had a good voice. You go、yeah. in there. There's no new spots. There's only one sports spot, a stop, a position.、Mm -hmm. 
and you have no clue, so what do you do? Well, they said, yeah, we'll take you for an internship, and I needed to make some extra money. Um, it was six bucks an hour. I thought, that's a really, that's a good job. Okay, that's great. Um, so I said, yeah, I'll take it. And they said, well, it's in sports. And, and without thinking, I was like, yeah, I'll take it. And then I was like, oh, shoot, I don't know anything. What am I doing? You know, and, um, and I, I it, it was horrible. I mean, the amount of times that I was like, I am making a fool out of myself. One of the times I was supposed to just do a little sports update on the radio and I forgot to press the on air button. So it was just two minutes of dead air, um, which, you know, and the guy comes in, my boss, he comes in, he's like, why is there dead air? And I'm, I'm doing my little update and I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, and he's like, you didn't press the on button. Kind of like I didn't press the on button to the mic. So, um, but it, it was, in a weird way, it was so challenging that it reminded me of what I had done in ballet and music because I wasn't very good at it and I was going to have to really try um, to keep getting better. And I loved that about it as much as it really um, made me question every single thing that I was doing and every move I was making. Well, this is when I think this is where you see the Laura Rutledge you see today. You decide, I think somebody gave you the advice, you need to, to be something different. So you start researching every sport. You start piling up papers. You start reading. Um, you start doing recruiting, which was at that time there had never been any women doing the recruiting beat. Talk about that down in Florida, driving to places, driving to schools. Yeah, I realized that there wasn't much of a female presence in college football recruiting, and I thought, all right, I'm going to learn that, you know. And of course, it's the scouting side of football, which was easier said than done, but. I knew that there were all of the seven-on-seven camps happening in the state. So I would drive up and down the state a lot of times overnight. My, my big secret was I would pull my car into a car dealership to park because no one would be looking at like a weird car by itself um, in a car dealership because <laughs> there were other cars parked there. So instead of like sleeping at a gas station, um, so I get a couple hours of sleep and then go to the next place. And and I did that for you know most of the time during college, but. It was a crash course in the scouting side of football and then also covering the prospects and their high schools and their families. And I mean, you guys know it's such a, a state full of great high school players, how much the recruiting piece still plays in. But at that time, it really was a focal point in college football and for fans. And so I sort of parlayed that into bigger opportunities. But I, I still rely on what I learned during that time about, all right, okay, why is this D lineman going to fit better in a three four versus a four three scheme. It, it it was all founded then and um, really born out of me knowing I knew nothing about it. So I had to be incredibly curious and I had to work at it every hour of the day. Yeah, again, she has no clue, and all of a sudden she learns this to the point that she becomes well known, and you get the opportunity to be with Fox. Uh, they they hire you to start doing things and. Somebody hears you on the radio driving by, a, 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 not just a local Fox guy, a, a national Fox guy, hears you on the Gainesville station and calls. Yeah, that was, I thought they were pranking me. You know, the station was like all guys. And I'm like, guys, that's not funny. You're they're like, there's somebody from Fox on the phone for you. <laughs> I'm like, what? So I answered the phone thinking it's a prank call. And I'm like, hello. <laughs> and the guy's like, well, this is Joel Cox from Fox Sports out in Los Angeles. And I'm like, what? Excuse me? Are you talking to me? Um, but they had happened to be going through Gainesville for another meeting, and they had heard our show, The Chief Seats, which uh, it's actually still called The Chief Seats today, but it was an afternoon show that was mostly high school, but a little bit of college as well, and they were looking for someone who could serve as an analyst on a uh, recruiting show that they were going to be doing nationally for Fox, and so got an opportunity at 22 years old to do that, and um, you talk about nervous. I mean, I don't even know how I, fun I don't even know what I said. I was so, so nervous. 
nervous about doing that. And I think um, for me, one of the hardest things early on, and, and even still at times today, is managing the nerves. And people are always like, do you get nervous? And I'm like, heck yeah, I get nervous. You know, it's, it's more about not showing it or finding ways to minimize it. But, um, I was sort of like shaking in my boots up there in LA. They sent me, they're like, Oh, you're going to go get your makeup done. And you know, go to the wardrobe. And I'm like, what, <laughs> what am I doing? This is crazy. So it was really cool at, at that young of an age to get that type of chance. So you go from not knowing anything about sports to now getting opportunities. You become Miss Florida, uh, and, uh, Aaron Andrews, had been 10 years before you, but you really, it was not the Aaron Andrews that we know today. So you didn't know much about her. You know, her dad, it, it was in TV and she had gotten her opportunities. So you keep, you, you keep chopping away. You win Miss Florida. You get your opportunity in 2014 in the SEC Network. Yeah, I um, almost didn't get that opportunity. I was sending incessant emails. I think they probably thought I was crazy because I sent like 27 emails to anybody who had an ESPN in the last part of their part of their email address. They're like, can somebody, you know, ESPN security on this girl? What's she doing? Um, but it, it really, I just thought if someone would just talk to me and give me a chance. And so. Sure enough, two weeks before the network was launching in in the summer of 2014, I had given up on it. And I thought, you know, I'm going to go into local news in Atlanta. I'd had a good opportunity in San Diego, but had got Josh and I got married, and it just didn't make sense for us to be out in San Diego. So we'd moved back to Atlanta. And uh, sure enough, I... I finally get this guy to email me back and he said yeah you know we'll, we'll give you an interview in the Atlanta airport and I'm like oh great they're taking me real serious you know <laughs> I'm going to go to the Atlanta airport funny thing about that was too I was driving Josh has a big truck and it always has but he had one then and I'm driving this big old Ford F-250 and I'm like trying to park it in the Atlanta airport and I thought if they see me doing this they're definitely not hiring me but anyway uh, did the interview thought I bombed it they ended up calling me back a couple days later and said yeah we're going to hire you um, for a 15 event deal and you're basically going to be like our second sideline reporter on the SEC network. And that was how I got started at ESPN. So, again, I think the word is relentless, that uh, tireless Crazy. worker, uh, uh, do your research, and uh, the rest is history. So now, obviously, every weekend you have the SEC network. Let's put it there, if you don't mind, Matt. This is the crew that you're with now, a uh, great group of guys. And the last time you were here in Arkansas was in Fayetteville, as you mentioned, for the Texas game. Uh, our buddy Justin Moore, who does the show with us every morning, he was there on set. It was given Paul, uh, Paul Feinbaum's time to pick who the winner was going to be. So I want you to watch what happens. Watch Justin Moore. You're in there, too, uh, trying to get out of the way. Uh, watch happens to Tebow at the end. And watch. Uh, many of you know what happened with Paul Feinbaum. Take, take a look. They've been calling the hogs. They want to turn Paul. that dang juke What do you got, Paul? <laughs> what are you going to do, Paul Feinbaum? Oh. Oh, boy. I, I grew up in Memphis loving the hog. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh -oh. Uh -oh. Don't do it. Oh, no. Don't do it. Oh, no. Don't do it. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> there goes T-Bow down. So that was one of the uh, – we played that, I think, for Paul last year. So you say that Paul – you don't know what he's going to do. He's open to do. He's unscripted. 
I don't think he knows what he's going to do. I mean, I, I don't even know what was happening there. And sometimes I'm looking at him, I'm like, okay, what are you going to do? And, and the other funny thing, just to take you all behind the curtain a little bit, we're getting a count in our ear, too. Like, the show's almost over. So sometimes I'm like, Paul, you better go ahead and do whatever it is you're going to do because we're about to be off the air. So we were getting close there. Um, but I, I don't know if he told you, but he got that, that was a really fun moment for all of us, and especially those of us who just, you know, lean Arkansas a little bit. He got in so much trouble <laughs> for throwing that helmet until that turned into drama upon drama week after week. Texas fans were, Texas folks were not happy about that. No. And, um, you know, I think still to this day, like, we're always like, okay, Paul, whatever you do, like, maybe don't throw the helmet because it's not good. But it was one of the funniest things. And Tebow, you know, fell to the ground. I, yes. I, I He had actually had a procedure done to his leg. It was no big deal, but he had, like, a little wound on his leg. And the thing split open when he fell to the ground. So, I mean, we had, like, blood and guts. You guys would not believe the things going on, all as a result of, you know, Paul throwing that helmet. It was it was one that we don't forget either, believe me. This is a great picture of you and Paul right here. It's sort of like Beauty and the Beast, I guess, is what it is. Are you saying I'm you, a beast? No, I mean, come you on. Have, you have somehow tamed Paul <laughs> that uh, you've got a unique relationship with him. You've gone on his show. Uh, a, a really great relationship. Yeah, well, Paul's so special to me. I mean, I think... You know, it's it's hard for me to really put into words what he's done for me. But if you look back a few years ago, I would regularly be on his show for the entirety of the show. So Mondays and Tuesdays, I would do that. And, you know, Paul Feinbaum is a one-man act. He does not need a sidekick. He doesn't need me. He doesn't need anyone on his show. He's been years and years and years as a Hall of Famer, one of the greatest to ever do it without anybody there. So for him to say selflessly, let me give you an opportunity. I believe in you. Let me give you a chance to sit across from me. You know, as somebody who at the time, I, I'm not even sure, I, I definitely wasn't 30 yet. I might have been like 28, 29. For him to do that for me, I, it changed my career because what it showed people was that I could talk ball and that I could also be unfazed by um, whomever would call in. We had some interesting calls, and, and still to this day, I guarantee you, if I, anytime I sit there or anytime I'm on his show, there are people who complain and say that women don't know anything about football and I shouldn't be there and all those things. But um, for him to support me and for him to sit there and let me have that opportunity was a game changer for me, but also something that... I just am amazed that he did. And in a world of egos, he doesn't have one. Um, he's a wonderful human being. And I know sometimes people get frustrated with him, and I get that. But he's really special to me. You know, one, one other thing that I think was really cool about what he did was at times when people would call in and be combative with me, he would never step in. And some people would say, well, Paul, why would you not stand up for her? And he would always say, she can handle herself, which I thought was really, really um, respectful, but also uh, a nod that not many people would think of. I mean, our immediate reaction is, ooh, got to help this person out because they're going through it. He would say, no, 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 you got it. I'll just sit back and, and let it happen. Uh, this next, I want to put you uh, number 11 there, Matt. Uh, this guy, you, went, you were in school with at the same time. Uh, Maybe the, you can make the argument the greatest Gator ever, Tim Tebow. What's what's he like there on the set? What's he like working with? Is he the real deal? That everybody you know says he is. Um, and I, I know that you know I would never expect an Arkansas fan to be a fan of Florida, but I think if you're a fan of faith, if you're a fan of family, if you understand the way that God affects all of our lives, you can get behind Tim Tebow. Uh, and the, the way that he handles himself and the way that he is with people, uh, anybody who wants to spend time with him, you know, certainly he's a big deal. He's a, a huge celebrity, but yet he always finds time to make people feel special. And I think 
that's one of my favorite things about him. My other favorite thing about him is how much he loves football. Like you guys, he, I mean, we've seen him try to like carry on the sports career and all that. Um, he would go out and suit up if he could right now. Like that is how much he loves the game. He will always, he has his iPad there on set. So the second the SEC nation goes right up until noon Eastern. He doesn't want to even miss a second of that first noon game. So he will load it up in our last segment of the show so that by the time we're off the air, he doesn't even miss a kick. That's how committed, that's how much he loves football, um, lives and breathes it, is so committed to this while also being such a great encourager of others and doing so many great things. I love Tim. He's um, one of my favorite people. He does eat some weird things, though. I, there, he did have this thing for a while where we, he would eat like a, just an avocado in a cup after the show. It would make me nauseous. I, and I like avocado, but just not like by itself in a cup. I don't know. It was very weird. Does he, but. Norm- does he normally pick Arkansas to win or no? Do we know? Is he normally he, an Arkansas I, fan? I feel like he does. I, I don't know. I, I, um, I know he loves Sam Pittman, so, and I think he's picked Arkansas recently, but I don't know about prior to the Pittman era, so um, we'll have to get him on that. To, uh, show the picture number 12. This is your NFL live crew. Uh, you got Dan, Mina, Marcus, Ryan. Um, so this show apparently, from a rating standpoint, has taken off. It's 3 o'clock right central. Three o'clock central, yeah. but it's also replayed. The numbers are great on it. So when you were going off on maternity leave, they surprised you with the video message from each one of them. And if you want to talk about respect, watch this and listen to what each one of them have to say. Cry. You would say you were going to make people cry. This, this <laughs> might get me. I, yeah, I already this, cried about this. I this might is, cry this again. This is a great piece. Go ahead. 